If we were less attached to our phones, we would be able to spend more time outside, more time unwinding just in fresh air instead of sitting in your dark room scrolling for hours. Welcome to Illumin. I'm Jacinda Ryla, Principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School and your host. Now we hear so much about Generation Alpha and their use of social media. I thought that it might be nice to hear from three of our Year 8 students who are going to talk about their thoughts and experiences. Sophia, Isabel and Zoe, welcome to Illumin. To begin, girls, I thought I'd ask you what devices you have, smartphones, laptops, iPad, etc. And what do you use those devices for? So what if I start with you, Isabel? I have a phone and a laptop primarily. My laptop's used for school and my phone for personal. What do you use, Sophia? Oh, I have a laptop and phone as well. My phone was usually for safety and like picking up after school, but my laptop's just for schoolwork. Okay, and Zoe, what's your list of devices? I have an iPhone, a laptop, I'm not sure if this counts, but I have a monitor and I have an iPad. I don't really use my iPad. My laptop used mainly for school and my phone communication and entertainment. So you've all got a phone and when we say an iPhone we mean a smartphone. Do you remember when you first got it? I bet you do. And how old you were and, and why, why did you get it? You know, was it to do with transport or was it just because everyone else was getting it? What do you remember? I remember I had to get a phone because I started water polo at the school in year six Mm -hmm. and I was catching the train in sometimes but my parents started me off with a Nokia flip phone Mm -hmm. just a little one to see if I was safe on my phone and then I think I got my iPhone when I started year seven. Okay so it was a bit about age and stage and the need and also your parents testing that you could be responsible with it as you went along. What about you Sophia? I got my phone at the start of grade seven it was mainly for arranging pickup and after sport activities. Mm-hmm. So some family logistics that need to be managed. And what about you, Zoe? Were you around year six and seven as well? I think I got mine kind of start of year six, end of year five, because it was for safety because I used to live in Hong Kong and everything was quite close together, which meant I would walk to all my sports by myself and go to friends' houses by myself. So I would use it as safety. Mm. A lot of parents listening to this would think that sounds fantastic, <laughs> and driving around and all, all that pickup that's yeah. so much of a part of people's lives. Now, I'm not sure you're aware, but did you know that your age group is considered the start of Generation Alpha? Have you heard of such a thing? Um, I think I have. Heard it referred to. So essentially how they're defining your age group, Generation Alphas, they're people who are born into a world that was completely digital and screen dominated. So since you've been around, since you were born, smartphones have just been a natural part of life. So your entire lives, you've had um, smartphones and you don't even know or can't even probably imagine a world where there were no apps. So what we found in some of the research that's emerging is that Generation Alpha are using their social media in ways that might be a little different. So Isabel and Zoe, let's start with you. What sort of social media platforms do you use and what do you use them for? I don't know if you'd count like WhatsApp and that kind of stuff, but I have Hmm. WhatsApp, Instagram, YouTube, and I don't have TikTok or Snapchat because my parents are quite strict on social media fair enough but I had to write up a contract they are lawyers um, (laughs) so they did sign it I wrote up my contract right but 
currently I only have those four. And have you fulfilled the obligations of the contract? Is it still holding up? Fantastic. So what about you, Zoe? What sort of media platforms are you using? Like Isabel, my parents are also lawyers. More specifically, my mum's actually a cybersecurity lawyer. Really? So yeah, so she's into safety in social media. So she's quite protective of that. So I only really have like messages and YouTube and WhatsApp. So that's kind of it. What about you, Sophia? Do you use these as well? Anything different? I also have Snapchat just for like communication with my friends and like um, for sports after school as well. Okay, so you've all got some version of these apps. You're all using social media and some platform. Talk about the use of it now. So why do you use them? Does it enhance your life? Does it help you feel more connected to others and de-stress? Or is it a little bit of fun and trivia? You watch a funny video. You mentioned um, YouTube over there. How do you use them, Sophia? Well, with Snapchat, in school we do group work and, like, I catch up with some of my friends and, like, we share our work around and peer mark each other. So it's a positive thing. And so you feel like you're in a collaborative space, even if it's not in real time. Or are you side by side? Because I see girls interacting often with one another on their phones, but side by side. No, usually when we're at home and like we're catching up on schoolwork. Okay, so it's it's having your classroom experience spill into home. What about you, Isabel? I usually, like, yes, Instagram and YouTube are usually for like entertainment, funny videos, that kind of stuff. But... With uh, messages and WhatsApp, it's mainly for communication. I talk to my friends, but mainly like my parents and my sister, because we have like a family group chat where we communicate who's getting picked up, who caught the train home today, that kind of stuff. Yeah, really useful part of people's lives. What about how you feel about using them, Zoe? So is it is it a positive sensation that you get? Do you feel happy or does it help you de-stress? Or what's your kind of emotional connection to these platforms? As I mentioned, I grew up in a different country, which means I've now like left and I've left all my friends. So I still am able to communicate with them, which is really, really nice. And that makes me happy because if I weren't able to communicate with them, I'd, you know, I'd miss them a lot more. And when I use like YouTube, it's kind of more of entertainment, like Isabel said, and that's quite fun. So let's talk about the entertainment, the fun, the you know, cliche cat videos and I think any of your parents listening are probably just as guilty as all of you of spending sometimes too much time. You get, you look at something on Instagram and it's really interesting and it takes you somewhere else but a lot of it's a little bit trivial and you can find time just flitted away. How much time do you spend on socials each day, Zoe? I spend maybe two to three hours, which is quite a long time. It depends on the day. Like if I'm doing something after school and then I come home and I basically have to work and then go to sleep, like I've Mm. got to do my homework. Whereas if it's like weekend, I have a lot more time to kind of relax and enjoy myself. So it depends on the day, but I'd say mostly two to three hours. So how do you know it's two to three hours? I can check in settings, like on my phone it says, oh, well, this day you've spent this amount of time and this day you've spent this amount of time. So you keep an eye on it? Yeah. As you go. And when you sit on weekends, you can relax. Do you see, is social media part of how you relax? Or are you saying you use it on weekdays as a little bit of a kind of a chill time? It's chill time. I like to just kind of let my brain kind of switch off and... There's lots of ways I could do that, but watching videos and 
talking to friends is one of them. Mm-hmm. So just tr- particularly through the week with a busy life. What about you, Sophia? How do you use it and how much time do you spend? Probably three to four hours, but it depends like on the day because like there's different amounts of homework and different sporting activities. And it depends what time I have to go to bed as well, like if I have to wake up early. Mm-hmm. Does it cut into your sleep time, do you think? That's one of the challenges with social media at night, isn't it? You know, if you're on it. So do you have rules around that or do you find that, you know, you're sitting there looking at a screen longer than you expected before you go to bed? My parents put the screen time app. They mm-hmm. put restrictions from 9pm. Mm-hmm. So I can't go past 9pm. So I usually read before bed. Okay, so you get back into just some good old-fashioned paper reading. What about you, Isabel? For the amount of time I spend, it's probably too much. I can admit that. Like Sophia and Zoe, it's weekends. I'd usually spend more time on my phone because it's not really like it makes me relax, but it helps you relax, and it's just fun to watch. It can make you happier. But along with Sophia, I have screen time, Mm -hmm. so mine goes off at 9 and starts at Mm 6. But you can choose, like certain apps that you have that you're always going to be allowed like I'm always allowed settings and on messages I'm all other people will be turned off apart from my close relatives like my nan my granddad my mum my dad my sister but I gotta say I'm not that good at checking how long I do my screen time for so you think you might be doing too much but that's just kind of a sense that you get and how do you get a sense that you might be doing too much when you've been sitting on your phone and you realise it's been an hour or something. Okay, it's yeah. just flown Very by. easy to slip away. But you're also talking about how you can put, you manage your use of yeah. it as, as you go through as well. Now, so the sorts of apps that you were talking about are, are pretty mainstream. You know, most people have Snapchat or not Snapchat perhaps so much, but maybe Instagram and certainly WhatsApp. But there are a lot of new things starting to emerge. So Be Real, I'm sure you've heard of that. ChatGPT we've talked, which is not so much, well, it is an app, but and even something I've never heard of called Gas. Do you know those new platforms? Have you tried them? Me personally, I have not tried Be Real or ChatGPT and I've never heard of Gas. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but uh, I know... Lots of girls had Be Real for a while, but I don't think many people use it anymore. That's interesting. Why not? I'm not too sure, but I think it kind of just went out like it was really popular for a short Mm. amount of time. Okay. So it was trying to do something different from Instagram, but... It, yeah. it was. It, it did put a burden on people to post every day, didn't it? Was that part of it? What about you, Sophia? I've never heard of Gas, and I've never used ChatGPT, but I used to use Be Real, but it's kind of like gone out of like popularity now. Hmm. So I don't really use it anymore. Their shares have gone down somewhere out there. <laughs> they put a gambler. What about you, Zoe? Do you know any new ones that are starting to become popular? I used to use Be Real, but I feel like for most people it kind of became more of a chore. Everyone was like, oh, you know, it's Be Real time, have to take it. But um, I still do notice, especially like grade 11s and grade 12s still use it. But I've never heard of gas and chat gpt i've just recently heard of it mm-hmm. haven't used it mm. so there, there are always new things coming but the, the the mainstream ones seem pretty common to all of you don't they as you go through and the things that you've been talking about are, are really positive aspects about social media and these platforms keeping connected with friends in other countries the logistics of family life some relaxation some entertainment and some fun quite frankly but there are 
obviously some negative things as well. So some people would say that they're concerned about, I guess, how much time we've sort of touched on. Are there any other less positive? Are there any negative aspects to using these platforms? And and have you experienced that? Me personally, I've never really had a bad experience online, but I can be guilty of spending a bit too much time on my phone, Mm -hmm. but I've never really had like a bad interaction on my phone. What would you be doing if you weren't on it? So we're talking about having too much time on on them potentially. What what else could you be doing? I just got a Kindle, so Mm -hmm. I like to read on my Kindle and also have like sport activities in the afternoon, maybe like walk my dog and go to the park. Is, is that one of the challenges about not getting outdoors, maybe experiencing things like that in a natural setting, Zoe? If we were less attached to our phones, we would be able to spend more time outside, more time unwinding just in fresh air instead of sitting in your dark room scrolling for hours. So have there been negative aspects for you, Zoe? Have you experienced it? And if you have, how have you kind of worked your way through it? Um, I have experienced some like miscommunications through social media because when you're texting through a phone you can't see the people's emotions so if you text something you could like you could think that it meant something funny but the person on the other end could be like oh well that was really mean Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can spark bigger issues I've never had it really become something very big some misunderstandings and and particularly in your relationships if you're using it a lot and it's open to interpretation what about you Isabel negatively I haven't really experienced anything but I do know that when you're scrolling like Zoe said it's quite hard to get out because the time really just it goes away you don't realize how long you're sitting there and it does give you that hit of dopamine it does give you that hit of like it makes you happy and it makes you feel good but then after a little while you'll feel kind of bad. Now girls I'm not sure if you're aware you've probably heard of something called ChatGPT and artificial intelligence and there's a lot of talk about particularly how that can help to spread misinformation which is a bit of a challenge for social media already. Tell me where do you get your news from your information in social media so obviously you're at year eight girls you're intelligent girls you are interested in the world but how do you get your news? So sometimes my parents just put on the news on the TV. Other times I get things from messages, my friends saying, oh my God, did you hear about this? And other times on YouTube, it's you can click on something that gives you information about an event. You're nodding there, Sophia. How do you get your news? Um, yeah, like Zoe, mainly friends and like everyone takes each other. And also my, my parents put on the news every night. Okay, and then and Isabel? I think sometimes when you're getting news from your friends, it can quite easily start turning into a rumour. If it's not true, then it gets spread more. But I think news-wise, I sometimes get those little banners from my news app on my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't usually go onto it, but it'll sometimes just give me a little banner that says, this happened, or breaking news or something, or my parents will tell me. Okay, to look for something. So people are feeding it to you. You're not necessarily going out yeah. and looking at it. So so a lot of what we've talked about with your social media use, it's a lot about relationships and friendships and communication for logistics, but maybe not too much about getting your news. What about, and we're very, very aware of people who might be commentators and influencers. Do you follow influencers? Do you listen to anyone whose opinion you know you're interested in, Zoe? I feel like influencers they can if they have a big following 
or they're really popular, people will listen to them more. So they definitely have a big impact on what we what we listen to and like what we believe. Does that worry you, Zoe? Because they have, you know, sometimes very personal opinions and they've got these amazing platforms where they can share the information. Does that concern you? Definitely. If one person believes something that isn't perhaps true and they spread it, then everyone else would be like, oh, well, they're really popular. They know what they're talking about, so I'm just going to believe them. And then that's when rumours start and that's when, I guess, everything kind of gets out that shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, misinformation and the spreading of false facts and and things like that as well. Do you have any thoughts about that, Sophia? Do you listen to anyone? Do you think there are some opinions out there that are quite influential for girls of your age? I think influencers have like a major impact on girls, especially because they have like a big following. Everyone believes what they think because they're like popular and they're trendy. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, not the right information. And do you think they're sometimes commenting on things that they're actually not qualified to comment on, Isabel? Yeah, I think if you have such a wide platform and you're commenting on something that's probably an opinion, it's going to spread false information. And I think I've seen a lot of influencers that are saying, this happened here and this is how you can fix it, and they're, like, not right at all and they're spreading information to their viewers and telling them to have their opinion when in fact their facts aren't right or what they're saying isn't like helping their audience or isn't telling them the right information. So in terms of, you know, worldviews or um, some of those influences are probably speaking outside of, yeah. of their um, area of expertise, but as you say, they're very powerful and they have all these followers. One of the things that they're really good at, of course, is selling stuff, isn't it? Have you girls, um, and I'm sure it comes up constantly in your feeds in social media um have you ever been influenced enough to actually buy something yeah I definitely have um I'm very guilty of that when influencers they promote something and I think something we all have to be aware of is that they're getting paid to say this and it might not be their opinion but since they're getting paid to do it they just say what they want to be told so we have to kind of be aware of that and think are they really like selling me a product that I should be buying or or is it not going to be beneficial to me at all? Mm-hmm. And what about you, Sophia? Um, have you ever bought anything? Oh, no, I haven't bought anything. But like Zoe said, influence have like a big impact. And when they get sponsored, like sponsorships, because they're getting paid to say something, everyone follows what they say. So you seem to be very aware of this. A lot of people, adults, worry or we worry about um, our own use of social media and being influenced and, and the impact of algorithms. But you girls seem quite aware of it all. Isabel, do you look at something and you you know, see this ad or you see this influencer? Is it really going through your mind that actually they're being paid to say this or it may not actually be real? Usually I will like think about it. A lot of the times on social media they've made it like mandatory to have sponsored video down the bottom or like hashtag ad but I've seen a lot of times there are like scam companies and they'll use other influencers videos of them talking about a product and then pretend to sell that product on their website and then it won't be the real product and people will get scammed because they just think it's the influencer talking about it where it's really just cut clips of them trying something else. So you're very critically aware and you're actually analysing the information that you get. Have you have you noticed how quickly, and I think you touched on that, Zoe, that things can turn, you know, they can influence opinion and you can see it. Sometimes it can turn in a very nasty direction, but it can, it, it moves so quickly, but it can be so powerful in its, in its reach. Have you ever seen that happen, Sophia? You're nodding. 
Yeah, well, like, trends change very quickly. Like we said before, Be Real was a trend. So I think influencers kind of impact that as well because they promote different, like, apps and different clothes and I think that can change really quickly. And here's a big question for you. Do you think that, and so you've certainly talked about the positives of staying in touch with friends who are overseas. You can't, you know, you can't go out and catch up with them or um, go for a run in the park. So in your experience, do you think social media is helping friendships and bringing people together of your age or do you think it's putting up barriers? So for example, I sometimes hear girls will say that they'll walk up to a group of girls and if they're all on their phones, you know, I have no choice. I just have to pull out my phone. So do you think it's helping you develop relationships and maintain human contact or is it an impediment to that? I think a lot of the time it will be helping relationships. It will be helping people communicate. But I know specifically a lot of the time with girls, if there's a fight, it won't at, it will barely ever be physical. It'll always be like psychological or something will happen or someone will turn against it can take screenshots, can expose people. So I think it mostly will be used positively, but things can change really quickly and things will be used against you. That's why you've got to kind of be careful what you say, careful what you do. Yes, because it's all captured and it's all there. And I think, as you said, Isabella, it can move really quickly because people can be very emotive and they can, and then they've done a lot of damage sometimes, haven't they? So yeah. being really aware of that and careful. If you've got something to say about that, Zoe? Yeah, like what Isabel said, you have to be very aware of your digital footprint because people will, people are kind of scared to come up to you and say what they feel. So they think that if they're behind a screen, they kind of feel protected and they say things and they don't realise that, they should actually be doing it in person and they should be they should be dealing with this not over a screen because it's not like it's not a very good way to handle it because you can't you can't really tell what the other person's thinking or what they're going to say and you can get quite out of hand yeah and and again moves quickly and without that human nuance of being able to see someone's expression or feel maybe some pain in their voice or how they're responding to the situation so it's good then to facilitate contact but as you said it's got to be managed wisely tell me about the best advice your parents have ever given you about using social media oh that's a tough one they've given me (laughs) quite a lot of things to do on social media but it's mostly trust your gut you know you'll have a gut feeling about something it will most of the time be right your body's telling you that something is wrong most of the time, like 90% of the time, it will be telling you the right thing. So probably be aware, trust your gut. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, that that human physical response that you sometimes have when something just doesn't feel right and being guided by that. What about you, Sophia? I'm restricted to age-appropriate material and mostly like over online, they just tell me to like be kind and be aware of like Mm. predators and like scammers and stuff. Yeah, be aware and be kind. It's not that hard really, is it? A lot of things. What about you, Zoe? What's the best advice your parents have given you? I think this is quite a common one, but don't trust everything you see on social media. There's always a backstory. There's always something influencing them and influencing their decisions and what they put out there. And also, mind your own business. Like, if somebody's having an argument, you don't just step in and say, oh, well, this is my opinion if you're not involved in any kind of way. Like, if people are having a fight publicly and you see it and you're like, oh, well, I think this, and you're not involved, you just, you shouldn't 
um, say your opinion because it doesn't concern you. That's excellent advice for life generally, isn't it? That's yeah. not just social media, but that, that's fantastic. So tell me, I'm going to ask you one last question. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's a, a trend emerging in New York among teenagers and it's called the Luddite trend. So Luddites were traditionally people who rejected the use of technology. But what's interesting about this is that these secondary school students have come up with this of their own volition. So they haven't been in a situation where their parents or the school have banned their use of smartphones. So they've got rid of all their social media, they've got rid of their smartphones, and they've chosen just to have a bit of an old-fashioned uh, basic flip phone. What do you think about that as an idea? Have you ever considered something like it? Have you ever heard anyone suggest it? Personally, I had never heard of the trend, but I had I definitely heard people talking about maybe deleting social media. I hadn't really heard much about swapping to like a flip phone or like an older phone. But I definitely know while my sister is studying, she did delete Instagram mm -hmm. and she did delete that because I think it helps her focus more. But I personally have never heard of the Luddite trend. What about you, Sophia? I haven't heard of the trend, but I think it's a good idea to like limit and minimise green time as much as possible. Um, I think it increases in interaction and relationships. And what about you, Zoe? Have you ever been tempted to just switch off from social media or do you ever do that consciously or, you know, maybe for a few days or maybe a week? Have you ever thought about putting some limits around it? And do you think you'd enjoy that experience? Have you ever had it? I've never really tried that, but I think that if we were to switch off, like on school camp, for example, mm -hmm. that's when I've done it. Like they take away your phone, which is really nice because you become more aware of your surroundings and you engage with people more instead of, oh, it's free time. I can just go sit on my phone because I don't have to be doing something. But instead you say, oh, okay, let's all go downstairs and um, we can go visit the chickens or something. I think it's really great to just switch off because you engage with the people around you a lot more. So you're constantly revising your use of it and you've all, it sounds like, um, got a very strong awareness about its impacts and how you might change your daily experience and put those limits around it as you go forward. Should we ban it? I don't know. I don't think you should ban it because a lot of the time if someone hears that they can't do something, they'll want to do it more. You know teenagers so well, Isabel. I'm oh, going to yeah. end on that, that comment. So, look, as you know, it's about limits, I think, as you've described and being very aware and using it responsibly, but it can be really hard. So it's been very nice to talk to you Generation Alphas, even if you didn't know that that's who you were. You know no other world than a world completely immersed in the digital and, and screens have been a part of your life. So I hope that some of the younger girls perhaps listening to this get some great advice and some guidance from all of you. So thank you for sharing your views about social media platforms, being open about your experiences, the apps that you've experimented with. And I guess I would probably think about the advice that each of you got from your parents, which I think sums it up beautifully. Isabel, I think you said, mum and dad urge you to trust your gut. You, Sophia, have parents who talk about being aware and being kind. And I like yours too, Zoe, about mind your own business, <laughs> stay in your own lane and be really aware of who's influencing you and what might be behind it. Thank you for speaking to me, Zoe, Sophia and Isabel. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.